is going on, everybody? I'm John Hoey, that's James Bainey, and this is the Resistance Broadcast, our Monday show. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, and speaking of welcome back, welcome back to the Kessel Run, James. Oh, yeah. um, we're doing the Kessel Run for the first time, I think, with just two of us. Um, Lacey is uh, sort of on a half schedule right now. Uh, she'll be back with us for TRB Live Wednesday night. Uh, but this might be the first two-person Kessel Run we're doing. So we're, we're changing it just a, t- a tinge where we're sort of making it more of a draft in a sense. So you could steal mine. I could steal yours. We don't know whose picks are what, whereas traditionally with the Kessel Run, uh, at least Lacey and I share our picks. James likes to be theatric about it. I think that the the first half of that Kessel Run is us clearly picking the best picks. Yeah. Um, and then as we get towards the end, we might be sort of like, ooh, wasn't on my list or was on my list, but I wouldn't have went with it. You know, that I tried to find some things that aren't going to be on, you know, this blog's top 10 moments in Rebels, you know? I tried to find some stuff that are that what maybe I only I like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know that, you know, we're trying to put the best list together. So I kept that in mind too. Um, but we also have other stuff to talk about. But before we do that, uh, I just want to thank everybody who has signed up for our Patreon. Uh, it's a big deal to us. It means a lot. It Honestly, the amount of stuff that we do here, it's just the three of us in TRB. We do all the writing, producing, everything, editing, all that stuff. And without our support on Patreon, we just couldn't do it. We have families, we have day jobs, we have a lot going on. Uh, so it's it really is sort of the lifeblood of uh, keeping us doing what we're doing and also hopefully adding more to that in the future. So whether you're new to our podcast or you've been around for a while and you're able to, just when you have a chance, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash resistance broadcast and check out the tiers they start at just five bucks um and if you look at the tiers there's different content options we have a lot of exclusive content streams q a's live chats discord server uh commentaries whole bunch of stuff right james it's good stuff. absolutely lots of uh i was gonna make a joke last week and i forget what it was you said lots of mini episodes over there and i said something like i don't know i can't remember now there are many episodes many mini many episodes, episodes. Many, many episodes, some along those lines. <clears throat> but go check it out. If you're able to support us, we appreciate it very much. If not, totally cool, but it'd be cooler if you did, man. What's that from? So many episodes. Maybe that's <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I think I think that line is from Days to Confuse, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, all right. It is time for us to warm things up here, James. And we do uh-huh. that how? By doing Will of the Force. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. We're going to pose questions that ask whether something will or will not happen in the Star Wars universe. And some of these questions are from our patrons, of course. This week, we want to keep things moving along, uh, along with Ahsoka, uh, as that show is the show that's currently airing right now. So most oh, yeah. of the, uh, the, today's questions are going to be revolving around Ahsoka. But they come from our resistance officers on Patreon, so let's get started with the first one here. Uh, This first question is going to come from one of our newest patrons, a commander, Commander Trent. Trent! Trent uh, is on the show right now, uh, and they wanted to know, uh, now that Ahsoka is in the world between worlds, is there a chance that we can see Kanan 
in his sacrifice scene in live action, or will Ahsoka talk to any other Jedi such as Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda? Um, should I go first here? Yeah, that's a loaded will of the force question. It's pretty big. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, no to Kanan and yes to Obi-Wan uh, or Yoda or other Jedi of that sort. The thing with Kanan for me is they already did that in Rebels and Kanan's sacrifice scene does not mean anything really to Anakin or Ahsoka. So to show it really doesn't serve a lot of purpose. Um, as far as other Jedi such as Obi-Wan or Yoda, I think that's a little bit more likely. Um, the, the sky's the limit. The stars are the limit, I guess. Um, I really don't know what they could do, but we have entered um, not just the world between worlds, but this new era of Star Wars that all started when um, Dave and John decided to bring a Luke Skywalker back, young Luke Skywalker. And I feel like as soon as that happened, all bets are off um, of anything that we could see for any reason. Or, and uh, now Tarkin in Rogue One. Yeah, but that was part of the story. I mean, I mean, I guess it is, but it, yeah, yeah, you're right. Peter Cushing just dead for 30 years and they're like, here he is. Boom. But still to me, like I look at that scene and I go like, okay, they just like created a 3D character. A lot of people probably don't even really know who this is, but I mean like to bring back young Luke, it's like all of a sudden now, like you could do anything, you know, I, that's, there's just something about it being Luke Skywalker um mark hamill 1977 you know like sort of the original star i mean i guess that's Tarkin too gosh i'm talking myself into a, a hole here but <laughs> i i'm gonna say a hole between uh, holes yeah, the hole between holes i i'm gonna say um i'm gonna say that she won't though ultimately because i think i would not be surprised if they do it but I think that this moment is about Anakin and Anakin only. I think like Obi-Wan walking into that scene or Yoda walking into that scene just says like, oh, and also I'm here, you know, like why, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, behind you door doing? number two, it's Yoda. Yeah. And of course, if it happens, like it'll make sense and, and we'll be like, oh, that was awesome. But um, just as a sheer guess of like, even though they can Will they? I'm going to say they won't. John? Yeah, I definitely do not think they're going to recreate the Kanan scene. I think that was so good as it was. Recreating it for the sake of the world between worlds would be sort of too much. And like, I imagine even from a production standpoint, they're like, we should not do this. That would cost a lot of money. Um, I feel like the audience would just say, and who is that? They, they haven't mentioned Kanan. Possibly. talking a lot about Ezra, but like, what is the point of Kanan? Possibly, yeah. So I, I think that's a definite no. Um, and then the other stuff, I'm going to say no also, because I hope not. I, I want this to be as linear and limited as possible. And I want this to be something that Ahsoka experiences, not something that is opened up to a lot of characters. Um, so... I, the way I see the world between worlds, I mean, it's it's hard to really pin down what it is. I'm not even sure Dave Filoni knows for sure what he wants it to be in in the end. 
we'll find out. But I don't want it to be something that changes the history of the franchise. I don't want it to be something that change that drives plot or story. I want it to be something that just exists that they experience, almost like Mortis. Um, so I, I'm just going to say no because I I really want this to be a limited thing. And if we start bringing in Yoda, Obi Wan, and all these other characters for for reasons that we're not sure yet, I feel like we're opening a can of worms that's dangerous from the uh, storytelling aspect. So Trent, I we're not sure what you think. Uh, apologies if, if you don't like those answers, but thank you for, for joining up on Patreon, man. I hope you uh, dig getting your question on here and thanks for, thanks for the support. Appreciate it. Let's get to another one. Uh, thanks again, Trent. Um, we touched on this on TRB live, obviously last week, but let's make our final calls. Uh, will the Anakin that appears to a Ahsoka at the end of part four in the world between worlds, be the actual Anakin from pre-episode three, a force spirit of Anakin, for instance, or possibly a manipulation or manifestation of some sort. Uh, John, go first on this one. What do you think? After we had talked about it, because I remember going into TRB Live thinking like, I don't know what to make of this, but I am hoping it's just a manifestation in like Ahsoka's mind or something she's experiencing that it's not actually physically Anakin from a previous time period or that it's like not some sort of uh, or, or even his force ghost is there. I don't think he, he needs to be in the world between worlds. For, we, we know he doesn't need to be in the world between worlds for his force ghost to be there. So I'm hoping it's a manifestation, but it's um, not like Palpatine was to Ezra. I think, I think it will be something that Ahsoka is experiencing in the world between worlds, something she needs to hear that she knows she needs to hear that sort of thing. Almost like it's like a dream, I guess. So I'm going with like, it's a manifestation, but that it's something she has that's within her or something like that. Um, I think that there is uh, between those three options, it being the real one of force spirit or manifestation. I'm going with that. It's the force spirit of Anakin. Um, oh, you do? I, yes. I think that uh, right now there's there's a bunch of questions that that will could possibly get us to that answer. One of those questions being like, why is Ahsoka in the world between worlds? Did it did she get pulled into that world from the fall? Like, did somebody grab her and pull her in? That would that would point to whether it was the real Anakin or not, you know what I mean? Or did she die? And then for some reason, instead of just dying, like any other person would, she has some sort of connection to this world because of Mortis or other things. So that's why she ended up here. Like that would also point to what this person is, what this um, entity in front of her is. But I, I tend to think the place that we're at right now, I think that the force is so mysterious that you have this thing where you could appear old, you could appear young. You, I think when you die and you go into this cosmic force and you're uh, conscious when you're there, um, I'm not sure if everybody else is conscious or not because they can't always interact back with reality. But when you're there and you're aware of it, I think you don't see time as sort of like a linear thing. I think you're able to just kind of like 
pop around and do different things. So I have a feeling what this is, is this is Anakin's spirit appearing to her in the positive, but at the same time that we're seeing this Anakin, the entity that it is, is all Anakin's. And so I think that what you're looking at is Vader Anakin as well, but they might not show us that. It's just that this this entity is all of those things all at the same time. And what she is getting out of it and what she's talking to is sort of this Anakin at this sliver of time because he is cosmic and he is everything, sort of. Does that sort of make sense? Also, don't forget Anakin's the chosen one, and he is sort of like maybe has abilities that other spirits yeah. and other things can't do or access. You I know, just, so yeah. I when you said force spirit first, I was like, well, then why does he have a lightsaber hanging from his belt? Because we've, we've never seen a force ghost with a still with a weapon on them. Um, but but then you said you sort of changed it, if I'm understanding you right, and said it, no, it's more of like. Anything Anakin's ever been is sort of well. I I I'm thinking of four spirits and this thing is the same thing. I'm not really changing it. I just think that generally when we do think of four spirits, we do sort of see them as just like um. Um, it's hard to say because they've been everything. Like Luke in Rise of Skywalker was very blue, and Obi Wan in Return of the Jedi was like he had a blue hint, but he was like he looked like he was there. I think he that's very saturating. What stuff? I think that's just production choices. I, I I don't know, man. I feel like the I feel like you're right on that, but I also think that over time there's been stories about like, well, sometimes they show up like this. Sometimes Anakin's old. Sometimes Anakin's young. You can be however you want to look. Qui-Gon's old. Yeah, know? yeah. Has there been a canon explanation of that? Because the way I always thought it was was the way you died as your true self is the way you appear as a force spirit. That's why Obi-Wan, we've only seen him as an old man. Luke, we like Luke obviously liked himself better when he was probably younger and happier. He's old man, Luke, force ghost. And then uh, Yoda, old Yoda. Well, he's always been old as far as we've seen him. And then Qui-Gon, I think they tried to make him look like how he looked in the Phantom Menace, same hair, you know, all that stuff. I, I If it's an Anakin, Anakin was young, because Anakin died when Vader was created. That's how I saw that. He came back as the last time he was Anakin. Yeah, I, I know you're not going to really like this, but I, th- I th- I'm thinking of it more like that the entity is anything that it could be. And maybe it's sometimes it's it's not even that the entity itself is choosing the form it wants to take, but so much as like the person looking upon it might even like that's what they see. So um, if you think of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, <laughs> the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man will show up <laughs> in a robe. But, as a first but I think I think what like I'm, I'm sort kidding. of seeing is like if there is some good in Anakin, this entity that is out there, and it went and it shows back up to help Ahsoka, it sort of takes the form that Ahsoka would want to see, or at least it is what it is. But Ahsoka sees that form because you know it's like. It's like using the force to be able to see that entity. Like we've had that discussion before of like, did the Ewoks and everybody else see the force ghost standing there? 
It's like maybe you have to have the force and use the force to even be able to see the ghost in the first place. Hmm. And with that comes yeah, this connection that sort of builds this entity around what you want to put into it. But it's I, definitely one of the bigger headcanon things until they like say like, no, th- here's the, here it is. So this is well, the, yeah. yeah, these are the things that I think like they discuss when they're writing the story and they're yeah. like, this is how we want to do it. And then we're just going to present it. Does it need to be explained or not? You know, I, I have a feeling that we're going to walk away from that whole thing and she's going to go, she's going to go cool or whatever and walk out the door. And we're going to be like, what was that? Yeah. And we'll just never Uh, get the answer. It's going to be, you know, you ever see that video of uh, John Stewart interviewing George Lucas about Obi-Wan's planet? Uh, No, but it was, it was my very first big Reddit uh, successful post because I posted that like on Star Wars like a long time ago that Obi-Wan's home planet was named after Jon Stewart or whatever and I got like a ton of posts and I was like this post blew up yay oh nice yeah there's years a video, and years ago there's a video of that moment and he's interviewing yeah. him for something and he's like we we know where all these other people are from we don't know where Obi-Wan's from where's Obi-Wan from and Lucas looks up and goes uh and John Stewart's like, well, don't make it up now on the spot. And George Lucas is like, no, that's one of the first things I ever wrote. Obi-Wan's actually from a planet called Stujon. And then the whole crowd laughs and John Stewart laughs. And it's like, the reason why I bring that up is if you ask George Lucas this question that we're talking about right now, he'd be like, ah, uh, well, ultimately, it... <laughs> and he would just come up yeah. with a, an explanation. I bet there yeah. is not an official explanation. I I tend to think I said this on TRB Live. I tend to think that Dave does have the explanation, and he just like only tells people that he trusts or or cares or think it's important to notice. But he holds all that stuff to himself, and he just puts it out there and lets fans do whatever they want to do with it. But he knows that it's good because it's thought through in his own mind. Mm. Like it's not just make something up. He's like. Well, it's got to have a backstory. And so he I writes out the backstory think, and then he does it. And then he says, it makes sense because there is a logical explanation of how it got there. I'm just the only one who knows the logical explanation. I think Star Wars is best when there is no explanation. I think it's best when one person, at least one person has the explanation. We don't need to know it, but it needs to be thought out. But you don't know that they know that. But I, I think that I do. I think that Dave, I <laughs> right, think that Dave does. <laughs> that's that's my thought. I think he he has thought out a lot of his like camera movements and everything because he's meticulous like that. Um, but let's get to another one of these uh, patron submissions. Um, this one specifically coming from Commander Danny, who goes by in, at, at Semperfy Danny. Um, Danny asks the question. Based on the overwhelmingly positive reaction uh, his episode of Ahsoka received, will Peter Ramsey be given the opportunity to direct a full-fledged series or movie? Um, I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to say no. Um, I think that we sometimes also need to separate, because I know not not everybody does this, but I think most people do is they take what was it written in the story and the reveals and the character and what ha- is happening in that episode and they attribute it to the director of that episode. And I'm not saying that Peter Ramsey did 
a bad job. Obviously, he did a good job. But when it comes to the actual like direction, I feel like he did as good of a job as everybody else so far in the season. Um, if you have a really great episode, it's not necessarily because of the director. I think that too many people say, oh, uh, you know, that was the episode where this happened. Sometimes the directors are just given that episode. This is what's going to happen in your episode. I wrote it. This is the way I want it to go. Direct it, you know. Um, I think Peter Ramsey is awesome, and he is one that probably could handle a whole series or a movie. But I think right now, um, you know, he did his Mandalorian episode, and now he is doing an episode of Ahsoka. And I just think he's dipping his toes and it's no big deal. And, uh, I don't, I don't think there's anything, um, because of fan reception to what happened in the episode, like, Oh, Anakin showed up better. Give this guy a movie. It's like, he didn't have anything to do with Anakin showing up. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I don't think, I mean, I understand what you're saying and I agree with that aspect of it, but, I don't think you're giving directors enough credit in terms of how the story's told because they do have license to make certain decisions that bring the story to its most optimal way of being told. Um, but with Peter Ramsey, like everything he directed before his episode of Mando was animation. Um, so his live action resume is an episode of The Mandalorian and an episode of Ahsoka. I'm not, and, and I, I realize I'm saying that as we're talking about Dave Filoni, Dave who has now yeah. gone from animation to live action. So I'm not saying he's not going to eventually the irony get the opportunity. Lost on, yes. Yeah, right. But I don't think they like giving these series uh, to just one director. Now we saw that with Obi-Wan. And I think some people would admit that didn't look as good as it, some of these other series look. Um, filmed in the same exact spot as Ahsoka. And I think if you hook anyone up to a lie detector test, they would say Ahsoka looks 10 times better than Obi-Wan Kenobi looked. Um, that's on the director because the director makes final calls on special effects. Now, we don't know what the budgets were, but I would say their one experience having one of these shows directed by one person didn't work as well as it being operated by multiple directors. Um, showrunners could be the issue there too as well of course um but um not you know favreau not being involved on that one feloni not i'm not sure but long story short i think typically they like getting different people in these seats so to give peter ramsey his own series over all these other people like a bryce dallas howard doesn't make sense to me so that's how mm -hmm. the movie thing no just because they are already trying to get the ones that they just announced made in addition to the other right. ones they've announced that they haven't talked about, like Taika and Ryan Johnson. Uh, and so we have, you know, Mangold. We have Charmino Bechinoy's Ray movie, and we have Filoni's movie. Like, where's that movie going to be? So I think, I, I think they like working with people they've worked with before. So I can see Peter Ramsey continuing to work with them. But to give him his own series or a movie right now, I just don't I, I, I don't think so. Right. I'm not trying to I, by the way, I'm not trying to discredit what they do on the episode. No, I know, do. I know. But I just think like when it comes down to like shot choices and how the editing is put together and stuff, I don't think that is the stuff that fans are really raving about. They're really raving about 
the fact that we had these cool like lightsaber battles and and the hyper you know the ghost and Carson Teva and uh, Anakin and the world between worlds and the writing and the dialogue of Balin Skull. It's like and look, he I, helped with all of that, but he didn't. But that's you know that's what they loved about the episode because this is the this is the high point in the in a show in the show you know i think he did a great job with it i think he, he yes. did a really good job with his mando episode too um mm-hmm. but yeah and and a great question though danny and appreciate you sending that in and uh, as always uh being a part of what we got going on all right we do have another one though let's get to it he said he was done with kanan uh even saying that he did the voice spot in episode nine for feloni and feloni only but will freddie prince jr's voice as kanan be heard with new dialogue in the Ahsoka series. Uh, John, I think you get to go first on this one. What do you think? Um, Remember what you said on the first question. Yeah, what did I say <laughs> on the first question? No way. Oh, Kanan the sacrifice scene? scene? Yeah. Well, that's different though, because we could still hear his voice and that not be anything that's, you know, we heard his voice in episode nine. Yeah. He did say he wasn't going to do it. Um, uh, I'm going to say the answer to this is no. I really believe Freddie Prince Jr. I think he's done. I think he's mm-hmm. done. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I don't know. I don't know what Kanan would really add to this moment. Um, oh, it doesn't have to be this moment at any point in the series. Uh, we get that's the Ezra and, and Ezra could be sleeping you know yeah i i just think i i think the world between worlds probably closes up again like i think she's out of it by the end of the next episode we think, can hear his voice in a vision we can hear his voice in a dream we could hear that not it doesn't have to be world between worlds i'm going but on. i'm still saying no yeah i yeah i don't i don't know i i mean i would love to see it but the show isn't about us uh ezra if it was if the show was called Ezra Bridger or Ezra or something, you know, that was very focused on him, then I would think there's a possibility of, you know, somehow incorporating Kanan. But to be honest with you, it just doesn't feel like he's, I don't want to say important, but he's just not part of this story. Even when it comes down to like Hera and Jason, it's like, they're not really giving the fans that they're not going that far just to be like, you're a lot like your dad, you know, the hero that saved us all, or, you know, they're not going that extra mile to mention him. He's just not really part of this story. And that's fine. Did you see that Gizmodo article? They said that they spotted a photo of Kanan on the dashboard of the ghost. No. Yeah. And they showed, they showed an image of it. And that was the first I saw of it. But uh, that might be it. But either way, yeah, I don't think so either. But uh, let's get rolling because we have a lot to do. Yeah. Now, well, now I'm wanting to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But let's uh, let's go on and do the Kessel Run. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? It's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs. It's got to be one of my favorite audio drops for a segment. I just love hearing the cantina in the back, cantina band in the background, and uh, Han getting very defensive about his hunk of junk. Uh, <laughs> now that Rebel season five, I'm sorry, 
Ahsoka is halfway over. Let's revisit Rebels and give our picks for the 12 best moments of the series. Now, if you're new to TRB, the Kessel Run is our combined list of 12 of anything in Star Wars. We pick many topics. We do this. uh, We've done this a ton of times. uh, And we put together our picks and then give you our collective 12. And then we like to see what you think about those picks and what your picks are as well. So in the comments, we want to make sure you put what your picks are for the best moments in Rebels. Or if you want to email them to us or if you're on Patreon, shoot them over on the Discord server. Either way. But we're doing it a little different this time. Usually we sort of know what our picks are and we go around and we explain why. This time we're going to do uh, a little bit of a draft where we're going to decide if one of us goes first, then we're going to alternate and we could snipe each other's picks without knowing it. It's going to be fun. Uh, so, James, to kick things off, uh, we'll rock, paper, scissor it. Two out of three. And the winner of rock, paper, scissor will be the first pick. And then we'll alternate. Okay, rock, paper, scissors. It'll be rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and on shoot, we throw it. Okay. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. You got me. Yep. Rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. shoot. You're throwing late. You're throwing late. There's a lag. I'm I'm not seeing. But by the way, yours is off the screen. You like lift it up so I can see what it even is. Yeah, but I, I lost both times. Do you think I'm changing it to a loss? What do you, what? Oh, no. Yeah. All no. right. So you, you go first. You did, okay. you did rock and paper. Somehow you used the force and figured out what I was throwing. I did kind of use the force. James is going to start us off on the Kessel Run with his first pick on the best moments in Rebels, according to TRB. You can ask uh, Steve from Black Series Rebels how I just won that. Uh, Why, how? Rock, paper, scissors. You'll ask him later. You'll ask him later. <laughs> anyway, I'll get started. Um, all right. The one I'm taking right off the board for my list is Ahsoka versus Anakin. Oh, my or God. So- Ahsoka, like... Ahsoka versus Darth Vader, that whole all right. season two finale. I'm grabbing right. it right right off. That's got to be the one. What's Number your favorite one. Metallica song? Enter Sandman. Can't make fun of me. Was that not going to be your pick? I mean, I'm not trying to be super competitive <laughs> on this, but all right. So I, yeah, that's that goes without saying. Uh, huge scene. Yeah, I think it is the scene that people generally attribute to why the show is so good. I think it. You know, there are other reasons that make it even better when they tie in later. But I think when people watch that scene or when they go like, oh, man, you should watch Rebels, that's like the scene that they show people or try to convince people is like they have this moment and it was all this buildup and it was such a good fight and they broke his his face and then they brought in this voice actor and the other voice actor and like it was just, I think everything all combined that is like peak uh, Rebels. So The the other voice actor you're referring to is James Earl Jones? (laughs) <laughs> i think so <laughs> did they did they use james earl jones for rebels yeah, yeah. okay yeah. well what what i mean to say though is he was the constant james earl jones voice actor so they brought in um james arnold Le- yeah matt lanter that's right yeah yeah no that's a, yeah i mean 
you're not making this list without having this on it. And that right. will probably be the case for a bunch of these. Um, or at least like the first six, I think. Yeah, and I, I like the vulnerability uh, that Ahsoka shows where she like lets her guard down and she's like, Anakin, and then he's like, and now you're going to die. <laughs> like, yep. So it's it great. Yeah, it's in, a good scene. Uh, Obi-Wan too. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. they redid it. They redid action. it, but with the other side of the mask and, and for different reasons. Um, and I love both. I think it was great how they did both. Um, and then I believe this is the spot where Ezra yanks her out in the world between worlds. At the end of this duel, right? Later yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great pick. But I consider that a different moment. Yes. No, I know. I'm just saying that's, we were talking about world between worlds. Uh, right. Till the cows come home. <laughs> All right. So my first pick will be, uh, I guess I got to go big to match the energy here. I'm going to go Obi-Wan versus Maul. Ah. Oh. I think I like I kind of scattered my list. I think that was like fourth on my list. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it was something I might be able to pick up in like, yeah, there's a second or I third mean, round maybe. Yeah, and I have a couple. I hope you didn't pick because I really I like <laughs> them. I like them very much, and I don't. I'm not you know looking for you know screen rants top ten here. I'm looking for what's important to us, but. I just think that duel really grew on me a lot. And when I first saw it, I, I hated it. So I was like, how can they finally get these two back together? And it ends that quickly. And then I watched the Sam Whitmer video where he like is smarter than all of us. And he explains the three different stances he uses, Qui-Gon's and everything. And he, he observes uh, the tendencies of Maul from the previous battles. And I realized how good it was, but more so than the actual I was going to say real quickly, there's that whole like he used the same move against Qui-Gon yeah, and Qui all that. Move. It's like, dude, yeah. this is so thought out. Yeah, and he cuts him up. But I think more than that, more than just that duel, the lead up to it, of course, the the mania that's happening within Maul, um, uh, Ezra being there is kind of wild. But also after the duel itself, seeing the compassion and empathy that Obi-Wan has for this person he just cut down, no, knowing everything that Maul did to Obi-Wan uh, in the past is the true testament of like the goodness of Obi-Wan. And it's like that, like it, you can look at all the things Obi-Wan has done. And I think you can make the argument that this is in a, a top five Obi-Wan moment because the, the person that you should be so happy is now gone. He's still like holding and like showing some sense of sympathy for when he, you know, no other, no other person would be able to do that. Yeah. Um, it's it's and then, hate then, the sin, not the sinner. Yeah. And, and then them also talking about the idea of uh, the chosen one and, and Luke and all that. So it's a great scene and it grew on me a lot. And I understood a lot more than when I first saw it. And it clearly has resonated with a lot of people. And of course you have Steven Stanton, uh, Sam Whitwer doing the voices. Um, we love both of them, especially Steven uh, did a great old Obi-Wan. 
Um, and I just thought it was a wonderful, wonderful moment in, in Rebels that is on a lot of people's walls, probably, that uh, not many um, shots from the series are. I used to have a um, an Apple Watch wallpaper, or like watch face, so that like when you looked at your watch, it was Obi-Wan going whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> And he would like cut and then it would freeze like with his with the saber down and and Maul like, you know, having been like cut or he however he was posed. But you get to see that like that block and cut down. It was that what we could fit in a live photo. So it was pretty cool. Nice. All right. So uh, all right, you're we've up, got our Yeah, you got for your second pick. Um, I am going to go with now best is relative but most meaningful moments i'm picking kanan's death all right i mean i think i think that kanan's death is it was on my list where's the where's the other um the other scene is the one where like rebels fans show other star Wars fans to be like, you got to see this, watch this. That doesn't work with with Kanan's scene because they don't know who Kanan is or the relevance of it. That scene to me is really just for the people who have watched the shows. It's for them. It's for the rebels fans. They now have this thing that means so much to them. And the show led up to that point we saw it happen, and then we saw the aftermath of that happen, of what happened. And it's sort of the, I don't know, like it's, it's sort of like the climax of the series, if you will. Like I know the show ends big, but I really do feel like if there was like, um, if you were like looking at Ezra's arc, Ezra's arc gets to Kanan's death, and then there's like the the fall off of that, you know, and then mm-hmm. what he learned from that. Um, yeah, and then regaining his eyesight um, for a moment for one last yeah. look at Hera was a good touch. Um, so the force can cure blindness, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it was on my list. Uh, an, definitely an iconic moment. Um, it's got, again, one of those got to be on the list at some point. Right. Uh, and yeah, a great job overall to conclude uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s role in uh, Star Wars. Um, yeah, good pick. No doubt about it. Uh, classic sacrifice. And I think it taught a lot of the characters that as well, uh, including Ezra and what he had to end up doing as well at the end of the series. Um, okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I am going to go with, Ooh, <laughs> this is tough, man. Cause I don't want you to take this. There's a couple um, in there that I'm already looking at. Like, I'm like, I think I can get away with that one. I don't think he's going to pick it. <laughs> I know me too. Me too. Um, I'm going to go with Ezra's rejection of Palpatine in the world between worlds. I I love it, but not on my list. It's my favorite moment in the series. Really? Yeah, but I feel I felt like because you went Ahsoka Vader, I had to match that before you took mm-hmm. that one too. So I had mm-hmm. to go 
Kenobi. This is a different style of Kessel Run, for sure. We're drafting it. But um, yeah, as a rejection of Palpatine, one, because we, we talked to Taylor Gray about this at length on our episode and how I had, I, not to brag, but I brought up something that he said he never realized, which is that the way it was shot was they shot Ezra from so far away. So he looked like this small little thing in this giant space in, in terms of like relevancy. And then when he gets down that hallway, it gets smaller and smaller and he becomes bigger and bigger and the stakes become higher and he's faced with Palpatine and the temptation of being able to be with his parents again. Like, and then everybody thinks about that, whether you still have your parents or not, you think about if I didn't have my parents, I would have the opportunity to be back with them. If I just stopped and just did this and it's like, it's the, the, you know, the snow white with the apple thing. It's just like that temptation of wanting to take it and he rejects it. And I think that's such a powerful moment because it was so evil from the perspective of Palpatine because it was pleasant Palpatine. It was clear voiced, nice little friendly old man Palpatine. It wasn't the monster that we see later. Um, and I just thought that that was such a powerful moment. I thought Taylor Gray did such a great job with it. And it's my personal favorite moment in Rebels because of the strength he took to do what he did. I mean, I just talked about the strength Obi-Wan took to show sympathy, but the strength he took to resist the person who the greatest Jedi of all time, according to Dave Filoni, could not. Ezra was able to resist Palpatine. And I thought that was just massive. Yeah, it wasn't on my list. I think it like crossed my mind, but looking at some of the other ones that are on my list, like, you know, near the bottom or something, I probably should have added that. You've really convinced me that like, I sort of overlooked that moment. Um, and we talk about it on the show pretty often. It's a great moment. So it's a good pick. It's a strong pick. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're trying to sell the audience by saying like, well, it wasn't really on my list. Uh, but- no, honestly, I'm sort of, I, I'm trying to be a little bit more like open with the fact that I think I just sort of missed that one. <laughs> All right. All right. You're up for your third pick. Because believe me, my, the bottom of my list is like, you think that was a better moment than, <laughs> you know what I mean? I have. Big yeah. moment where Ezra is rejecting Palpatine. So I, some of these, like I said, I can't, it's not like I watched Rebels yesterday. You know, it's like some of these I just sort of am pulling from memory like, oh, that was a great moment. That when I think of Rebels. I mean, I did that, my rewatch, you know? so I'm feeling fresh. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm in it to win it. So I'm going to go also with Ezra and Ahsoka in the world between worlds. Yes. You wanted me to pick that? Yeah. Well, no, just because I thought you were going to pick my next one. Oh, okay. Um, This this is good. I mean, it ties into your first pick. It ties into the first one too. Yeah. I I think like um, for me, that moment in – uh, season two gets elevated to the level that it is because you have this other side of it where it's like, well, what happened at the end of that fight? So it goes into like a tunnel or like, we don't know what's going on and you get all of the payoff and so much more with him walking into this world and he hears, you know, Ray and all this other stuff. He's just like, there are all these voices around and we're just in complete wonderment watching the episode Um, and as he nears, uh, Ahsoka, he realizes what it is. He pulls her out and very similar to your story. He also then goes and looks at Kanan and says, I could pull him out and realizes that he, he can't, 
you have to resist that temptation. So it's very similar to yours. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's probably why I was so focused on like, you know, that moment is maybe why I didn't think of the other one. But, uh, but yeah, I think, um, I think the world between worlds, just that episode, that moment, everything that it brought um, sort of, for good and for bad, like revitalize the world of Star Wars speculation to the nth degree. And we've just been talking and talking and talking about it for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if this was a Clone Wars one, I I would probably have to pick Mortis episode because it's just like what, you know, or that, that three arc, three episode arc. Yeah. It's just so crazy what he has done for Star Wars already uh, that yeah. we're seeing the ramifications of it now in live action. So, yeah, I we'll feel see. like sometimes people talk about that whole event more than the lightsaber duels because we've seen on these epic lightsaber duels, we've never seen that before. Right. So, it's new, um, it's fresh, it's interesting. Yeah. And I think you and I both like. Are st- even though we both pick a world between worlds moment, we're hoping that it's not something that's <laughs> going to completely blow up. Because, I mean, diehard fans aside, um, I was talking to someone about this, and they were like, and they're like, also a diehard fan, but they're like, are casual fans going to look at this and be like, so Star Wars is doing like time travel now without fully understanding what it is and like check out on it? Just so it's. I hope they handle it right, but we're here to just talk about Rebels. So that's yeah, cool. and I don't um, think we did that in Rebels. I don't think people checked out when they saw they're like, oh my God, Star Wars, is, this show was good, but it's now it's jumping the shark. They're time traveling and pulling people out. We saw what it was and we liked it. So I hope that that's what will happen with Ahsoka as well. Yeah, um, but I mean specifically general audiences who I'm not sure watched Rebels. But uh, Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, my next pick, this is going to be a tough one because I feel like we're entering Snipeville. Um, <laughs> I have to go with this one because I feel like it is more on the surface at this moment. So I'm going to say Trials of the Darksaber. Uh, okay. It's on my list, definitely. And um, I, no joke, I went down a small rabbit hole last night and rewatched that episode. So, oh, it is. yeah. And then I think part of that might be what inspired this discussion because I was like, dude, some of Rebels is so great. <laughs> yeah. And it, if you want to talk about the actors, that has to be Tia Sarkar's like, he, look at, you know, you want to hire me for a role? Here's my you know, snippet. Here's my reel. This is on it. She does such a good job of selling the emotion of Sabine. Uh, that I'm st- I'm still looking for that in live action right now from Natasha mm-hmm. Lou Bordizo. Um, just completely, you know, when you get driven to that point where everything comes out of you, like that's her moment there. That's, you know, and instead of it being like a venting, blubbering cry, it's her just unleashing everything that's inside her while dueling with Kanan that started with just a, an innocent training exercise. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the whole thing with the Darksaber and, and now it's gone. And, you know, I, 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 I forgot that Moff Gideon destroyed it. Um, maybe we could pull that back through the world between worlds and give it back to Sabine. But I always thought, I was always hoping that she would get it back. I think that's probably why I had that slip up. But I just think it's a great scene because you have Freddie Prince Jr. who's sort of like the foundation of it. And she's, um, and he's more like, 
grounded. And then she is just going through everything that she's gone through all, all at once right now in this moment. Her legacy, her family, her history, her future, and everything through this. Uh, and Ezra's sitting there watching it. And it's just can, kind of crazy. Can I say something mildly controversial about that scene? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> because I think what is being said out of her mouth is amazing and i think what really elevates that scene i think tia scar did a great job in the scene but i actually think the better voice actor in that moment is uh freddie prince jr i i part of why i I love controversial i mean i'm just saying like i think like i think like what you're watching on screen is her telling her story and that's what it's supposed to be that's the focus that's why it has all the emotion that it does but i think if you're looking at the two of them like who which voice actor performed the scene better i love uh freddie prince jr and kane and jarris in that moment and it's one of the reasons like i absolutely love that character because everything about how he's delivering those lines like you should give up you know, and like the way he's just doing every line and the, and also this isn't his voice acting, but like the movements of his character being so like perfect and setting her up for every move, which he may have done to a certain uh, uh, element in studio. He, she's not just having that moment. He's making her have that moment. He's pushing her. Yeah. Yes. I love it. It's such a good scene. Um, and I think that she beats him. She beats him. Yes, she does. Yeah. I think legitimately too. I think like, I don't think that's sort of like, Oh, she's there now. So he puts his hand up, give her the points she deserves or whatever. Yeah. He gives her the old, all right. Yeah. She, she catches him off guard. Um, but man, I, yep. I really love that scene. It's on my list. And if you wouldn't have taken it, I would have grabbed it at some point. All right. Now I got to hope you don't take what I I don't. I'm going to go with the uh, one that I think, I think this is where we're, we're almost to the point now where I go. I well, think we're, at the we're sort of, point. We're yeah, at the we're sort point. of not uh, stepping on each other's toes too much. Okay, um, we'll but see. this is the last one I, that I think you might grab. So I'm going so to try to grab it. This is pick seven, James's fourth pick. All right, here we go. It's the epilogue. Oh, come on. I have that on my list. <laughs> is yeah. it really? Is it your, is of it your next? Of course it is. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I was saving it a little bit longer because I thought maybe you haven't, you hadn't thought of it. It wasn't my next pick, but it was definitely probably going to be in my six. It's on my, it's on my overall list. I, I didn't rank them. It, yeah. it probably would have made it into the six. All right. The epilogue, I think... Oh, it makes it all so worth it. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but like if the show ended without that scene, you would have been like, wow, that was a really good show. But there's something about the music and seeing the characters be happy and, and sort of like give us that extra extension into the future where it's like you see Lafal built up. You see... um you see Hera and Jason Solo, or Jason Solo, <laughs> Jason uh, Sindula. Yeah. Um, I was like, J- Jason Jarris? I was like, that's not right. That <laughs> like, sounds what, pretty cool. What, what, was, what was the naming convention? Jason Jarris um, sounds pretty cool. It's like uh, the Marvel Star Wars thing, or the Marvel uh, yeah, alliteration thing. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, 
I, yeah, I think just everything sort of coming together with uh, with Callus and like he was forgiven and he's been accepted into the, these this race and he now helps them out. All of it, it Rex and everybody fighting in the Battle of Endor, you know. And I do they say Battle of Jakku as well? I can't remember. But either I, way, it makes it's no. so bought in. I think they, they just say Battle, say Battle of, Endor. of Endor. Yeah, yeah, I know that. They don't um, say Battle of Jakku. Okay, yeah, yeah, but um, but man, I think and then and then that the the final moment of just like Sabine and then she's there at the painting and she turns around and you see Ahsoka. And you're like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, what and is he- Ezra's promise? What does she need to do? You know, and it's yeah. so it's just such an epic clip cliffhanger. It might even be like in my top like best endings to a show ever. Well, I'll tell you, I I like the ending. I think it was important for the show because there were so many characters introduced throughout. Even like people were probably wondering like, oh, I wonder what happened to Callus or whatever. And then they even include him in the epilogue and like how he sort of had his closure um, with the Lasats. And... It's it's on my list and it probably would have been on my list without Ahsoka. But now that we're in Ahsoka, I feel like it's so much more important uh, because like Filoni said, like you got to watch, you know, season four Rebels. And if you watch season four Rebels and you get the epilogue, you get r- like probably a better idea just from the epilogue than anything. Oh, this is Hera. She has a son. It's Kanan's son. So then when we see him in Ahsoka, it's not like, who the heck is that kid? Mm-hmm. And then even some of the shots of Sabine looking from her tower and you see the Ahsoka ship and the flanking support ships. Like we saw those shots in Ahsoka too, you know? So I think it's I think it's important for Rebels, but I think it's even doubly important now that Ahsoka's here and we need to bridge that gap. And I think uh, it serves a bigger purpose. So it's a good pick. Ezra bridge that gap? I like that. We can go with that. Well done. Well done. All right. My next one is going to be when Kanan Jarrus reveals that he's a Jedi. Oh, I thought about it, but I didn't put it on my list. I thought 22 it was 22 pickup for the not, win. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I think that is, we talked about, we talked about our star Wars fans looking for the big twists and reveals. Um, I would be lying if I said, I knew where people knew uh, that there was going to be a Jedi in that series. Um, it was called Star Wars Rebels. It was supposed to be about a little re- pocket of the rebellion on Disney Junior, Disney X. We thought it was the whatever. cartoon version of Andor. You know, yeah. Like, oh, we get what. Yeah, it yeah. Before before Rogue One. Yeah. Um. So I or around the time of Rogue One, anyway. When was Rebels? Twenty fifteen? Twenty sixteen? Um, well, it was, yeah, it's like starts before and ends. I mean, it ended after and or, or after, uh, Rogue One came out. But, but just sort of how Kanan reveals it, it's the middle of the shootout. It's not one of these big Jedi moments that you would expect someone to be like, I'm a Jedi. I'm -hmm. like a temple somewhere. They're like, go there. It's a firefight. And he's like, I'm about to reveal something of a, we're all going to find out. And then he hops over ignites his lightsaber the music swells and then was it callus um i don't remember but he's I, like honestly i need to revisit this this he's like that first your- season because it sort of gets lost in the mix of like not 
tons of tons of big things happen. Like this first season's fine, but like, you know, it's that it's the second season, third season, fourth season. But I think really like- in the in the context of it, like in how he goes, all your firepower on the Jedi. And then <laughs> yeah. it, he's he's deflecting it, it all. It probably is Dallas. And no, Ezra's like, oh my God. He's like, oh whoa, he's freaking out. But when you look at that scene now, it might feel a little watered because we've gotten so many more Jedi since Rebels came out. But I think when that moment happened... It is it is Callus. He's fighting against Callus. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Brigade of Stormtroopers that, defending the Wookiees. Yes, yeah. And when that moment happened, I, there weren't really other Jedi anymore. It really was pretty... Uh, uh, holding true to what Lucas was sort of saying, like all the Jedi are pretty much gone. It's Obi-Wan, it's Luke, it's Yoda, and that's pretty much it. Now we've gotten, you know, Cal Kestis and all of these people who survived and it's getting a little muddled. But right. when Kanan was revealed, I think that I was mean, a I mean, Ahsoka too, you know. Ahsoka, yeah. Like at the time, we didn't even know she was around. And- right. So when Kanan was revealed, I feel like it was just this big deal. And people were like, oh my God, I did not expect the Jedi to be in this show. And of course, it sets the tone for everything else thereafter. Yeah. It's a big um, pick, man. I like that. Thanks. Uh, now, number five for you, which is number nine overall. Overall. Um, so you have oh two picks man. left. Okay. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh, my God. My list is so much longer. Dude. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Um. Dang, we're gonna have to do some honorable mentions or something. All right, I'm I'm between three. Uh, let's see. I'll I'll pick the one that I know I gotta pick. Canon and Ezra versus the Grand Inquisitor. Oh, okay. So that that is, if not the the Anakin or the uh, the Darth Vader Ahsoka fight that I was talking about earlier, for me personally, that's one of the moments that I send people. When I say like, oh, are you missing, uh, uh, you know, you you didn't watch Rebels or you think it's, you know, a cartoon or whatever. Watch this lightsaber fight and just tell me like what you think about it. Because just the whole aspect of Kanan at one point uh, ends up using Ezra's lightsaber and then he like he does like the blast thing and then like starts hitting him again with the lightsaber as the blade and as we're sitting there, like, I didn't even think to use it like that. You know, it's like he's it's showing how creative Kanan is. And then when Ezra gets hurt and knocked off, like his his uh, devotion to being like, now you just made a big mistake, you know. Yeah. And um, all that season leading up to, uh, you know, who the Grand Inquisitor is and why he's so bad and all this stuff. And now we've even gotten Kenobi and all that and it's it's like this guy is kind of a big deal and and that battle is very well choreographed and thought out and um i really love seeing it it's such a good pick okay I which like might that. Yeah. then it's uh, might mean i don't pick the other one <laughs> that i have on my list i'll give you a hint well, it was another lightsaber battle but i don't think i'm gonna go with it yeah um yeah i mean that is a good pick uh it's 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 not on of, your list uh no i didn't put that on my list i mean i very well could have it, it is a great moment and uh i know people were in a bit of an uproar for a little oh, bit there when uh this is tough. 
the Grand Inquisitor got uh, stabbed in Kenobi. And they're like, wait, when does this take place? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes no um, sense whatsoever. Apparently he has many stomachs or something. And as does Sabine. I don't know. But anyway, um, my next pick, then I have to raise the stakes here. And I got to go with Ezra's sacrifice to defeat Thrawn. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I had to do it. Ezra defeating Thrawn. Yeah. It's weird. You said Ezra defeating Thrawn. I wrote it as Ezra summons the Pergil. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Same thing. Um, So, yeah. I mean, clearly this is a big moment that doesn't need much explanation. Um, It sets the tone for the plot of Ahsoka for one thing in two ways for both Thrawn and Ezra. And it's sort of alluding to what you were, your pick about Kanan's death. I feel like Ezra really learned a lot from Kanan on what it meant to be a Jedi, which is there's things that you feel and things that you want, but things that you need to do that stand above those. Uh, for the people you love um, in many instances. So I think that's when, I think that is, you know, like how Luke, I feel like became a Jedi the moment he threw away his lightsaber in Return of the Jedi, like really became a Jedi in a sense. I feel like Mm -hmm. this is the moment Ezra becomes a Jedi. He's a Jedi Knight in this moment. Um, And he doesn't have his mentor anymore. He's sort of, now the one it's sort of like obi-wan lost qui-gon and then had to all of a sudden become the master this is ezra moment and we haven't gotten to see ezra be a jedi knight yet in my opinion so i think this is his moment and uh one of the bigger moments in the series absolutely man that was one of the ones that was really high up on that list that i was upset that i only have one more pick so i think that catches me like that 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 Add a, a, a little weight I needed on my yeah. on my list, but um, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to go from. We each only have one pick left. The so. the other thing I want to say about that scene too is that it was perfectly set up with like, I think this is there's going to be a plot twist or there's going to be something that we didn't expect, and I think they delivered perfectly. It was payoff and um, plot twist. At the same time, uh, when all of those creatures showed up, everybody goes, holy crap. You know, yeah. like, I remember that, being those like, episodes the- mattered and, and yeah. I, like what is happening right now. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, I don't know, man. I'm, I always trip on these words, but like, I just don't think there was anybody that called that. I just don't oh. think there's anybody out there that's like, you know what's going to happen is he's going to call the space whales back and they're going to like help him from like two, you know, take those ships down. They're going to like bash into the sides and tear down the ships or something. And it's like, even if, even if Uh -uh. you thought that you're still kind of wrong, it's like the, it like wrapped itself around and they like took off to hyperspace never to be found again. And it's like, what, what is this? That's such a crazy ending. And I love it. Yeah. I remember, I don't even remember if I remembered the Purgle my first watch and then they show up and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and then oh, you'd for, like sort of forgotten about him. I think so. Cause I saw, I remember seeing the Purgle and I remember as we're connecting with them, but I thought once that all passed, I thought it was one of those like weird clone war- warsy things where this thing happens and this occurs and then we, that's it. 
and then all of a sudden, bam, what a what a pivotal thing they become later on. And clearly are and now even more going to be in the future. Yeah. In um, Mando, in Ahsoka. And they look everything. so good in Ahsoka too. They did a good job. Um, all right. We have one more pick each. You are up for your final pick in the Kessel Run pick 11 of 12. Um, man, so many. Um, this one is actually lower on my list, but it calls to me. <laughs> I really want to Very talk about one. it. Um, my final pick is going to be uh, Kanan and the Bendu. Oh, it's a few. It's technically a few different moments, but really it, like when you think about it, they're, they're very short scenes. They're only like two minutes at a time when they, they pop up, but just my anytime Kanan kind of came into contact with this creature, uh, initially sort of being like frightened by him, like, Oh, you're a force wielder, you know, and him being like force wielder, interesting use of term, you know, and, the Bendu is kind of the thing that gives him his sight back, makes him walk over to the spiders, explains what he's really fearing. Um, the Bendu uh, later comes in and says like, I'm, I'm in the middle and I'm not taking part of this. You brought this war, you know, and all. it's just everything about that creature is that border where Dave Filoni crosses it. And we're glad he crosses it like world between worlds, the Mortis stuff, it's like, this doesn't feel Star Wars-y at all, but we we go, but it's cool, and we we accept it. It's not, they, they didn't go too far. They didn't break it too far. When That creature to me also is very like um, anime, s- sort of. It reminds me a lot of like The Last Airbender, which Dave obviously worked on as well, but it's sort of like when you just go to that play or like Never Ending Story, you go to that place and there's a giant turtle that talks and is you know, cool and he's wise and he just is there, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, something we almost got in rise of Skywalker, not to bring it up again, but the eye of webbish bog and all that. It's like, uh, yo, why, yeah. why did they cut this? You know what I mean? Like it was it for time. Like, I don't know. It just drives me nuts that we had this opportunity to, to, to talk to a cool, wise creature that would give him some information and tell him how to get to place, you know, or whatever, but instead you just like show like him pushing off the top of a, of a treasure chest and it pulls it out. That's it. That's it. That's all you get. All right. But and I hope this gets brought into live action. I hope this is in Ahsoka or in uh, uh, the movie or something. I hope not that it's Bendu because Bendu might even be dead, but the point is I hope at some point they have to go and talk to the giant creature that is like, you know, this insane puppet or something. And it's just awesome. And it's this being of the force that they, that they don't, you know, I just, I can't even put it into words. I just, I think the whole concept of the Bendu and how, uh, Kanan was interacting with it is another thing that just puts rebels into this era of like, yo, that show's really cool. The, some of the stuff they do in that show is wild and it's good wild. Yeah. I agree. The Bendu is weird, very weird. And it's also um, unassumingly um, bipartisan, I guess, because there's, you know, he's not like, oh, he's all light side or, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I, 
That's a good pick. Yeah. Um, all right. Balin is the Bendu reincarnated. <laughs> yeah. Bendu skull. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be cool to see in live action, though. I agree. Uh, and they could definitely do it. No doubt about it. I mean, we just saw the Purgle look incredible. So they can, I mean. It would be so wild if they did that. And I think fans dragons. would just eat it up and accept it. They may do it. We may be sitting here yeah. next week being like, <laughs> dude, the Ben. Holy crap. <laughs> Another force. Wait, what was the term? We Force was not it? wielding. Force knowing? Force. Force. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't want to. You know, it's funny. I think I think actually we used to say force sensitive and we would correct it to no, it's he, he's a force wielder. Even or, though he is like he like Kanan says that because he says he uses the force or he has some sort of force connection and he goes, you're a force wielder. And Bendu goes like, oh, interesting term or something like that. Like, like, I don't know that I would call myself that sort of that. I got that vibe from him, but also it's sort of he's mysterious in a way of like, oh, I've been called many things, you know. <laughs> so I think that's probably where we're, we came to the term force wielder. All right. I like that. Um, all right. My last pick, our mm-hmm. last pick. Uh, I I like this scene for so many reasons, and it's when Ezra speaks with Yoda. Oh, such a good <laughs> scene, but not on my list. Um, Goes to show how many good moments there are, though. Yeah, I think, I mean, I obviously like this for many reasons. One, just from a fan of Yoda uh, perspective, Frank Oz coming back to do the voice. Um, and that's all due respect to Tom Kane and anyone else who's done the voice. But in my opinion, nobody can do Yoda but Frank Oz. I think everyone else who tries to do Yoda just sounds like it's an impression and not an interpretation or anything like that. It's Frank Oz or bust for me. And what was so good about how he did his Yoda in this, and I have to give credit to Dave Filoni for this, is he really did harness the voice of Yoda as we knew him. Uh, I feel like in the prequels, it got a little grovery. Um, and you could say like, oh, Yoda was younger then. It's like, yeah, but like 30 years younger out of 900. That's like, my, how does my voice sound a year from now? You know, or whatever. Yeah. So that he sounded great. And the stories he was telling us, it was almost like a history lesson. And they used imagery of Attack of the Clones and talking about like, and, and as a result, just like looking for the quick answer. You, you, you have to know how to beat Darth Vader and the Inquisitors, right? And Yoda's like, all right, take it easy. Come take a look at the storyboard here. And he tells him this whole story about the past, present, and future of the Jedi. And it's Yoda talking to Ezra. It just... And it's Frank Oz, and it's just I, the only thing I don't like about it is how Yoda looked. I don't think right. he looked good, but everything nor else. Did, is nor did the Wookies in your other pick, right? <laughs> but if you close your eyes and just listen to that scene without even looking, it is masterful, and I love it. Very good. 
So we've got our picks. You want to run them down? Let's run them down. I, I, I want to do these honorable mentions. I, I feel like there's so many on my list I got in front of me that uh, I just Yeah, we could toss out some honorable mentions. I definitely had some on my list that wouldn't make your traditional top 12 that I would like to just give a quick nod to. Yeah. But we have to, we'll keep those quick because we're up on time. Yep. But here's the lists. Um, do, should we split them up? I was going to say, uh, you go and I'll read what's not on your list. Uh, oh, you want to do the honorable, honorable mentions before running down oh, the list? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Okay. All right. The list, so James's picks uh, were 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11. And they were sure. uh, Ahsoka, well, in a draft, that's important. <laughs> in a, Ahsoka versus Vader, uh, Kanan's death, Ezra and Ahsoka in the world between worlds. The Family Reunion and Farewell Epilogue to End the Series, Kanan and Ezra versus the Grand Inquisitor, and Kanan and the Bendu. And my six picks were Kenobi versus Maul, Ezra resisting Palpatine in the World Between Worlds, Trials of the Darksaber for Sabine versus Kanan, Kanan revealing that he's a Jedi, Ezra defeating Thrawn, Purgle into hyperspace and Ezra speaking with Yoda. 12, I thought 12 great picks. I think they're all really good picks. I was trying to see if there was a standout winner, like not between me and you, but like did Kanan take most of these scenes? I think it's between Kanan and Ezra, which makes sense. Yeah, there's three Kanan scenes in yours. Um, there are... There's two Kanan scenes. I was gonna one. say at least two, but yeah. one of them is more focused on Sabine. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, we're gonna pin a comment at least on YouTube uh, where you can comment with which lists you think won the the so-called draft. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we also want to see what you think overall about the picks. Uh, yeah, were, tell were us. They, yeah, were they on your list? Um, what do you think of our choices? What would your picks be? That what did we miss? And are any of these brief honorable mentions picks of yours? So James, what do you have for honorable mentions? Um, I'll go through the list real fast. Ahsoka versus the Inquisitors, mm-hmm. uh, the pathway to Lasan, uh, Ezra summons the creatures in the cave, uh, Sabine versus Gar Saxon inside the stronghold, and then out onto the ice. Hera using the B wing. And uh, oh, Zeb and Callus on the frozen planet, their like whole scene of them being yeah. alone. And finally, the uh, Grand Inquisitor cutting off the heads of the Imperial Guard, the Imperial. Yeah, dudes, just like that scene was like, what did I just watch? Season yes. one, kids show, Disney that XD. Took it to another level. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So random, random things. I just trying to throw out all my favorite stuff. John took some of them. Um, and that was what was left over on my list. What was uh, someone? Oh, you definitely you- took my epilogue pick. I, mm-hmm. you know, I would have picked Ahsoka Vader at one. So you getting the first pick. Uh, good job on you with the rock paper scissor. Um, all right, my honorable mentions: um, Chopper and AP Five. Um, I really liked AP Five, uh, seeing a droid changing sides and seeing Chopper knock out the Imperial <laughs> officer and. All that stuff. We, and we just um, talked about AP five too when we were talking about other creatures that float uh, around in also space. Stephen <laughs> like Stanton last week. Stephen yeah. Stanton voiced that, and he he said he based it on Alan Rickman. Alan That's Rickman really cool. sounds just like him. Yep. Yeah. Good job. 
Um, let's see. I did mention this earlier. Kanan regaining his sight um, and his final moment. Um, a, a funny one uh, from the first season <laughs> for a show that expands the its knowledge of the Force so much. Kanan is meditating and he hears Ezra and Zeb arguing about uh, Hera and Sabine. And he's like, Hera and Sabine are in trouble. And Ezra's like, how'd you know that? Did you feel it? He's like, no, I can hear you two arguing outside of the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all I got. I just, that. I th- I thought of another one that I didn't write down. Um, uh, not Gar Saxon. What's his name? Fen, Fen Rao, I think his name. Explaining oh, yeah. the Darksaber to Kanan in, in that scene where they do the flashback and all that. It's like, so cool, man. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, and discussing I mean, like lot. how we, she's handling it and stuff. Do you, yeah. you, do, do you realize you didn't say the name Hondo once? <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think about him. He's not I on my did. list. There you go, man. So yeah, Rebels, good stuff. Uh, good list. We hope you enjoyed this version of the Kessel Run. We may bring back drafts in the future. We'll see. Uh, but uh, still, we put together our list of 12. Um, we'll definitely have to see what Lacey has uh, for what her picks would have been. But we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB and checking out this episode. Again, like we said, uh, drop in the comments which list you think wins the draft, James or mine. Um, and then more importantly, we want to know what your picks are, if they match ours or if there's ones we didn't mention. Uh, it's all about remembering these cool moments and uh, uh, feeling good about it. But uh, a special thank you. We talked about Patreon a bunch on this episode, uh, but we have to give the shout outs now to the generals and spice runners, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Ronde, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, Diana and Dave Hornack, and the spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthy, and, and all of our patrons and all of our listeners, everyone who's a part of TRB. Uh, it's, it's an awesome community, and you're a big reason why. Um, for us, uh, Johnny Hoey on X, on Threads, on Blue Sky. Uh, I don't use those as much um, just because of the sake of time, but I'm there. Uh, so if you, if you follow me, I'll, I'll get you back at some point. Uh, James, how about you? Uh, both Instagram and X uh, at Meyer Trunks. Nice. Uh, and then we have, uh, of course, TRB Live last week to get caught up on our chats about the Soka episodes. Uh, Lacey had an interview with the folks at Hasbro Plus about the Ghost Haslab, which got, speaking of Rebels, got uh, passed. What do we call it? Whatever we call it, backed. So now mm-hmm. you can, yeah, you can buy the, uh, the Ghost. It has been officially backed. It will be released. And, uh, and then for me, uh, my movie podcast, just like the movies, we're doing Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof next. Uh, also a tie to Ahsoka because it was the first movie that Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Rosario Dawson were in together. And I tweeted about that and Rosario Dawson gave me a quote tweet with like a, a heart because uh, she appreciated the, the callback. So it's very funny. good stuff. A lot of it's funny that you bring that up too, because I currently, like as of today, decided to really for the first time watch the two Kill Bill movies. Oh, okay. Because I know parts of them, but like I don't know, it just never really. I never like put the whole thing together. I have to rewatch those two because I didn't give them a fair shake the first time. Um, so we'll see. I think they're 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 probably what you think they are. 
They're I'm very, not like I'm not massively blown away. Like, how did I miss this I piece of feeling, cinema? I agree. I have a feeling though I'll like them better now. I think I'm more open minded than I was then. Well, that's part of the reason I actually was like, you know what? I yeah, I think maybe if I watch these, I might like appreciate them more for mm-hmm. what he's going for or whatever. But um, the um, other thing we want to mention too is that uh, if you watch. Uh, the Ahsoka episodes as they come out uh, Tuesday nights. Pay attention because we also release a quick reaction to on that the on the channel. The YouTube channel, yeah. Yes. Uh, um, so, it, you know, if you want to see like some one of our quick reactions to what's going on, um, we vary it up so we don't know who's doing what episode at the time. But uh, as soon as the episode comes out, uh, look to it uh, shortly after. Yeah. Um, and then Lacey on social, I'm sure everyone knows by now at Lacey Gillerin uh, and TikTok. It's Lacey Gillerin. Uh, James, did you drop yours? Meyer yep. Trunks. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's it for us. We'll be back with everybody on in two days on Wednesday night talking about what we're all expecting to be a massive episode of Ahsoka with Dave Filoni tomorrow, uh, of, of course, writing, but also directing. That's yeah, coming out tomorrow. We'll be talking about it Wednesday night. So uh, enjoy your Mondays and we will see you very soon right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>